Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. We're here today with Suzanne Bond and she is with Early Intervention and is going to tell us about that program. How's it going today, Susie? It's been a beautiful day. The sun is out. <laughs> the sun is out and it looks like spring is just around is the corner. not snowing. That's definitely a plus. So let's get right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how long you've been here at Summit County, and some of your interests outside of work. Well, I was actually raised in Hennifer, so I'm a Summit County native and Eastern Summit County native, and I started with the health department about 17 years ago, part-time, and then after a year of that, they put me into a full-time, and we took the Wasatch County contract, so it became a full-time position. I'm the coordinator for the Early Intervention Program, which serves children children birth to three with delays and disabilities, and we have all of Summit in Wasatch County. That keeps you very busy, I know, as we've talked before. When you're not at work, what are some things you like to do? I love to read. Anything Stephen King, I reread and reread. I have all of his books but one in hardback. I like to walk and golf to keep kind of busy, and I, I enjoy spending time with my family. All right. So how did you get into kind of early intervention and that type of work? And what is some experience you had before coming here to the health department doing it? I know you're involved a lot with the schools as well. My undergraduate degree is in early childhood education. So I had to take all the child development classes and things like that. My minor was in special ed. And then I went on to get a graduate degree in early childhood special ed. And then I added on a couple of endorsements for administration in early childhood special ed. So for the last 36 years, I have taught early childhood special ed for North Summit School District. I'm very part-time now, just pop in a couple of days a week and direct other people to run the program, but still use my special ed background to do that. But I, I was teaching, and Steve Jenkins called me and asked me to come and run this program for the county. Wasn't interested, called again and said, I really need you to come and do this. So I started doing both jobs 17 years ago. And what got you into kind of special education in the first place? My first job out of high school was an aide in a severely multiply handicapped unit, and I worked that while I went to college. Okay. And it just kind of, you got an interest from there, and one thing led to another. It's always been special ed, yeah. Awesome. That's cool. We kind of talked, gave an overview of what you do here at the health department with early intervention, but can you go a little more in depth and kind of tell us day-to-day how things work? Basically, what I do day-to-day is after we receive referrals from physicians, hospitals, schools, parents, wherever, we go into the home of any child that we've referred. Sylvia typically goes with me, and I do an overall developmental assessment addressing the five main domains of development in early childhood, and Sylvia will do a a health screen and attempt a hearing test. Sometimes they don't sit still for those. And based on my testing, I have standardized scores that I can say, this child has a delay in motor, this child has a delay in language, and then we send specialists out in the area of concern to try and do intervention, to intervene, to catch these children up so that they don't stay delayed. 
there has been studies that shown for every dollar we spend in early intervention, we can save up to $7 in special ed programs once they hit school. So we're really trying to impact early to save money and time for these families. And that can really add up down the road. It adds up. Okay. So you mentioned these five domains of childhood development. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what those are? The first one is adaptive. That's regulation. They're sleeping patterns, eating patterns, eating abilities. We have little fellows that won't eat textures, that won't eat those kind of things. And so we really address those adaptive things. Self-help. The very first things that babies learn to do. The second area is cognition. That's how they learn. That's how they learn from their environment. It's how they interact with their environment and how they gain information. A third domain is communication. That breaks out into two, which is expressive and receptive. And so the expressive is what you say and the receptive is what you hear and understand. Mm -hmm. So we do that. The next one is motor. When there's two breakouts from motor, gross motor, big movement, sitting, walking, crawling, those kind of things, and fine motor, which is your pincer grasp and how you use your hands and how you use your fingers. And so that's the two domains in that. Okay. So that's basically it's an all-around approach, right? Yes. We, we try to define any delays. So some children are served in three areas. Some are served in one because a lot of times your gross motor area can impact your fine motor area. And the cognition piece is impacted by the communication piece. So we really try to look at the whole child to serve every area to catch them up. Okay. And so who who typically do you serve? What, what's kind of the age range? We, we mentioned that you work both here in Summit County and also in Wasatch County. But how does a parent who maybe notices, I guess, first of all, how will a parent know that their child may need help from early intervention? And at what age do you become involved with that? Usually we are referred, the parents are told to call us or we're referred by a physician. So when those children are getting their well child visits at two months, four months, six months, the physicians are looking at developmental milestones and if they're not making them they give us a call or they tell their parents to give us a call we also go in to the NIC unit NICU units for our preemies so sometimes we're serving children that aren't even supposed to be born yet and then the NICU nurses call us we actually go into the NICUs in Salt Lake and meet with families before they ever leave the hospital. And then they know that we're available as soon as they get home. So we serve all those children. Another main referral source is at two years old when children are not speaking. And that typically comes from the physician, but parents usually know. They will ask the doctor, shouldn't he be talking? And then that opens the dialogue and we get the referral from there. We serve children up to 36 months, but after their 33 months, if the referral comes in, because by the time we get our testing done and all documents ready, they're too old for the program. So at 33 months, we coordinate with the schools for the schools to start taking those contracts. Also, any child that's on our services at 33 months, we have a transition conference. So there's a seamless transition to the services at the school age. And how many families do you work with between the two counties? I know you guys are busy running around all the time. We average about 70 to 75 families at any given time that have a document called an IFSP, an Individual Family Service Plan. So that's, there's goals written, commitments about who will be coming and how often. In addition to the 70 to 75 families, we are always 
in the referral process. So on average, we see seven new families a week. Not all of them will qualify, but so we've got at least seven families a week besides the 70 to 75 families that we have a commitment to serve, plus the transition families that are leaving at age three. So we manage about 100 kids a month. Okay, which in, and how many people do you have in the early intervention program? I work full time. Sylvia, the nurse, works three quarters time. The occupational therapist, Jackie, works full-time. Speech path, Karen Butler, works part-time. Physical therapist works part-time. And Holly Lewis, our interpreter, works 0.5 or half-time. So there are two of us full-time and the rest, everyone else is less than full-time. Okay. And I know when, when I first came here and I, we kind of did an overview of the program, you had a lot of success stories to share. And it's, it's amazing how getting in at an early age can really impact and kind of make a difference for these children in the long term. So without kind of going into any details or revealing any personal information, do you have any success stories that you want to share with us just off the top of your head? Well, there's more than once we've had a little child with Down syndrome who doesn't walk until almost age three, but we keep at it and they actually walk before they enter preschool. So it's those kind of milestones. Um, a child that speaks for the first time at age two really impacts a family. So we have a ton of ton of success stories, children that begin to ask for things that have never spoken before, children that have used augmentative communication devices that we've helped develop to make to have conversation or to have communication with their family. It, it, it really impacts our lives. It makes us happy to see that the children begin to succeed. And I imagine that's kind of one of your favorite parts of the jobs. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. We, we get teary very fairly frequently to see it happen. We have had children that were born so medically fragile that they do not live. And then there's another teary time as we help families through the hospice piece and into the grief piece. And we grieve right along with our families because we spend a lot of time with those babies. Which is just as important, I think, for a family to have that kind of support during those times of grief as well. Well, and that's another area that we really try to work hard in. And, and Sylvia does a lot of this. We help link our families with services, palliative care, Rainbow Kids, Shriners Hospital, SSI, PSDB, those kind of programs. So we also link to community resources so that those families are supported through every piece of their journey. So we've done a fairly comprehensive overview of the early intervention program, but is there something that you haven't mentioned that that you wish more people took advantage of or knew about that you work with? Well, just that we do not have to have referrals from physicians. We can take referrals from neighbors telling the other families that we have served them, the parents that just have questions, anybody that sees a child in a clinic that may have questions, we will take referrals from any source. So it does not have to be a formal doctor to early intervention referral. We love to go out and look at a child and say, there is nothing here. He is doing just fine, just so that we can reassure families. Okay. And you do the majority of your visits and part of the program, it's all house visits, right? The majority of it? 99 point whatever percent of our home, our visits are done in the natural environment. And that is a federal mandate that early intervention services are provided in the natural environment. We have expanded our natural environment. We go to daycares. We're helping the daycare provider to provide the services they need as well. We go to grandma's houses. We go to community parks. We go to 
dance lessons, we go to gymnastic lessons to help this child in any environment that would be considered a natural environment. And I'm sure that makes a big difference, just not having to bring the child into kind of a strange environment like here at the health department. And for a small child, I'm sure that's kind of frightening and it puts them out of their element and it's a lot harder for them to learn these things. I think we would get a lot less done if we used a clinical model. I mean, it would take 10 minutes to get the child warmed up to the environment before we could ever start. This way, it's just someone that comes to their house to play with them. Right. So looking at early intervention, what are some specific challenges you see Summit and in this instance where you work with Wasatch, some challenges that you see the program currently facing as, as far as regards to just number of people who needs the services or whatever that may be, and then kind of looking forward some challenges or opportunities you see over the next 10 years or so. One of our biggest challenges is funding. Summit County Health Department helps us a lot. They charge us nothing for buildings. Um, they help us a a lot with a lot of um, in-kind donations. So funding is always a problem. The state of Utah this year just did increase the statewide funding by 2.7 million and we'll get a small portion of that. But I am always looking for funding to help our families because there are so many children and so little money to divide the children through. So funding is always a challenge and growth is a challenge. There are The growth in Wasatch County is exponential and it's not it's family growth, and so the potential to see more and more children in Wasatch County, the growth out by Strawberry Bay Resort, which would be our catch district, is scaring me because there are so many family homes going in there, and that's a long journey to provide services. So that's one thing in the future that we need to be looking at is how we will get to every child that needs our services. And kind of just wrapping up now, Looking back at everything we talked about, if there's one thing you wanted people to take away and learn from or take action on with the early intervention program, what would it be? Intervene as soon as possible. It, it saves time, it saves money, and it impacts the lives of children and their families. Okay. All right, Susie, thanks so much for stopping by, and we'll look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.